What's up, fellas? Welcome to Reforming Manhood, the podcast where we talk life from a Christian male perspective. My name is Mike Watt. I'm the Lucha Preacher. And I'm Too Sweet Trevor Cowan. And I'm Jamie Jack of All Trades and Hosa. How y'all doing? Man, I'm great. excited about this. It was a good Lord's Day. I feel day. great. I'm feeling good. You know, last week, hurt my, my feelings. Bible. Yeah. Got my Bible. Ready to go. <laughs> Trevor was falling asleep in the pew. It hurt my feelings. Hey, but I wasn't falling asleep in the pew. Were you laying down? I was laying down in the During pew. the preaching? Yes. With your eyes closed? Yes. And how is that not falling asleep? I was wide awake. I heard the whole sermon. No, you didn't. hurt my feelings. You don't remember any of last week? No, but I heard the you sermon. You remember when I woke you up? I remember that. <laughs> so you but were falling asleep? No, that was after podcast, not during church. Huh. I was awake during church. Same Lord's Day? Every time you said my name, Same I location? I said your name a lot today. <laughs> you did say my name a lot today. But Sinner. I... You're just standing here. I was not asleep last week. Hmm. The room was... Uh, it's spinning? Not spinning. <clears throat> you ever been on a boat? Yeah, I've been on a boat. And you're like... <sighs> that's how everything felt. The people can't see you gyrate your hips when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, trust me. It was I wasn't gyrating, gyrating my hips. It was like 20 rounds right there. <laughs> <laughs> not gyrating my Getting hips. not in here. Sit back down, was, all right? I was like on an ocean, like... <laughs> Yeah, you're doing it again. Quit. I'm not gyrating my hips, pervert. Do your hands have to go to your ears when There's you do that? Nothing <laughs> happening. I hate you so much. I'm just saying. Listeners are getting. A if picture. we could clean this room up and make it cool and make a video podcast, they would all know you're a liar. The truth is not in you. <laughs> so you're saying you didn't gyrate? I'm saying I wasn't gyrating. <laughs> your hips did move. It was my whole body was moving exactly. I don't have I much the, hips. I felt the floor vibrate. My, <laughs> dang, I'm being attacked right now. <laughs> oh, it's a good day. Let's go ahead and push the magic button and ask, what, what you smoking, baby? What you smoking, fellers? Uh, I'm on week three of smoking every cigar at Specs. <laughs> Um, because I didn't smoke last week because I did my tummy hurt. This week I'm smoking a. Why are you gay? Drew Estate <laughs> Undercrown. I I don't know if Undercrown and Liga Provada are the same thing, but it's a this one's a Maduro, so it's different from the one I smoked last time. That was also Drew Estate Undercrown. Gotcha. I don't remember what the other one I was called. Because you're going through the. This one's a Maduro, and it's like a robusto. A eight by eight by ten humidor. It's eight a foot by eight, ten foot. Yeah, that's probably pretty accurate. Maybe fifteen feet, eight by fifteen. Okay. Say ten by ten. Ten by ten. With no, a, that's not a perfect square. That one side's longer than the other. Yeah, I'd say like eight by fifteen, maybe. Okay. Ten by twelve. Ten by twelve. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're gonna smoke every all of them in a year. Well, I'm not gonna smoke like like they have this one cigar in like three different sizes. Oh yeah, that didn't count. So I'm just I'm smoking this one cigar. Okay, probably a robusto because that's my. Preferred size, unless they only have a Churchill in that one. Yep, that's, had, my, that's my goal. I had a C note. That's what we call them. Is that what they? Is that what they actually are? Yep, C note. C note by acid. C. Acid C note. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a nice little warm up cigar. Now I'm on to uh, appetizer. Something I've never had before: a uh, factory smoke uh, Ooh, sweet Churchill. What's that like? It's <laughs> pretty dreamy. It's that's kind of my go to cigar. I don't know if y'all know this yet. <laughs> I've heard. Well, after my last two cigars. Which were both Macanudos and poor disappointments. Yeah, for me. that really hurt that, your heart. I saw it like affected you at the soul level. Yeah, I, I smoked one last or Monday during our elders meeting. It was a nice, beautiful Maduro Macanudo that I got halfway through. I couldn't even keep 
keep it lit. Mm. And I uh, kept closing up on me, gave myself a stroke trying to suck out smoke out of it. And then it throwing away. But so I went out and got myself a, a little A. Fuentes um, Reserva cigar that is just absolutely delightful. Really? A little Maduro. A little Arturo Fuentes, yummy yeah. yummer. Mm-hmm. I like Arturo Fuentes. Mm-hmm. Very, very smooth, very clean draw. Smoke is just absolutely enjoyable. Nothing but flavor. Flavor, flavor. Mm-hmm. Flavor, flavor. <laughs> All right. Let's get to content. The content portion. We've done harassed each other. We've done uh, bragged about our... Delicious cigars. It's time to talk the Lord's Supper. <coughs> Supper, sorry. Finishing up? Part two. Yep, part two. We're going to finish up today. That's chapter 30 in the 1689, if anybody's following along. They are all following along. They better be. Um, Some of them way too fast speeds. Yeah, slow it down, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you need to say, slow, slow it down, JC. That sounded like slow down, JC. It sounded like Dory talking to a whale. Is what it sounded like. <laughs> All right, we're in paragraph five of chapter thirty of the Lord's Supper. All right, chapter uh, paragraph five, chapter thirty. The outward element in this ordinance, properly set apart for the use ordained by Christ, have such a relationship to Christ crucified that they are sometimes called truly through though figuratively, by names of things they represent, that is, the body and blood of Christ. However, in substance and nature, they still remain truly only bread and wine as they were before. All right, so this, uh, the, the overall idea they're, they're teaching against here is obviously tra- transubstantiation, right? Um, that's the Roman Catholic belief that it turns somewhere in your saliva it turns to jesus meat jesus they would say after it's blessed it turns to jesus oh after it's blessed immediately do yeah because we would say it it goes from i think common use to holy use yeah yeah, yeah. they would say that that means literal literal change and this is the the fact that i I don't know jesus can't use a metaphor now is that is he forbidden from using a metaphor um this is my body it's a metaphor Mm. Uh, he also said, I am the door. Do they think he's literally a door? I am the gate. I don't know. He's light. I am the he's light. Salt. Yeah. So he's none of those things. All right. <laughs> it's a metaphor. Um, but it, I will say it is interesting that uh, um, the 1689 Baptist faith message says, or Baptist, what do we call it? I, I keep getting that Confession. Wrong. Confession. London Baptist Confession, 1689 says, um, the elements matter. I think, yeah. I think that I think that's important to note. The elements matter. Still um, remain truly only bread and wine. Yeah. So so what if they're not using unleavened bread and wine? Does it then count as the Lord's Supper? You didn't take communion. You did not take communion. If you, you didn't had a use, snack, yeah, <laughs> snack a terrible <laughs> snack. Not a good snack. Yeah. Yeah. According to sixteen eighty nine, again, that, that it's only bread and only wine. It makes no exceptions. There's no room for any any other option C. Mm. Um, and so, if we're going to stay true to Scripture, yeah. we need to stay true to Scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's only bread and only wine, and that's the only thing that makes the Lord's Supper. Nothing else does. Mm. So, and we talked about this a little last week. 
um, during uh, during the COVID pandemic, people trying to do online church, which again we said wasn't actually church. Um, and they would that's, say, well, that's actually uh, that is actually uh, ironic. They're not actually doing church. So yeah, they're not actually taking communion. Mm-hmm. That checks out. Yeah, yeah, it checks out. They would not have said they weren't actually doing church either, though. Yeah, um, and these are again theological differences. Yeah, virtual church is not church. Um, it's it's nice. It's Ooh. it's not church. Though. It was a snow day today. Yeah, lots of churches were going back to that today. Oh, you think so? I know so. I saw oh. churches saying we're just gathering. Just little- just doing online service yeah. today. Yeah, man, that they failed. They did not gather. They did not gather. No. Um, same thing. If you have different elements, it's not really communion. So what do we say? Let's just get it out of the way right now to our Baptist brothers who use grape juice. Some Welch's, some of the cheap stuff, like generic brand that I would use because mm. I'm cheap. Um, Costco brand. Great Costco value. Brand. Great value. What What do we What do we want to encourage them in? Do better. <laughs> Jamie, what what would you say to our Baptist brothers? Uh, Get the juice that comes in a bottle and a cork. (laughs) Don't don't be a grape juice Christian. Is that what you're saying? Do better is what he's saying. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Are you asking like what what I encourage them with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you encourage them to to, to look at this differently? Again, I was raising this. I always... I mean, it wasn't until... At the very least, go back and study the history of it. Mm-hmm. Why it even came into being. Because it wasn't always this, you know, grape juice. Yeah. Right? Up until that point, it had always been wine. Nobody questioned it. Everybody did it. And everybody was cool with it. Yeah, there was never a fight over Prohibition what was Prohibition came used. around. Mm-hmm. Only in America, by the way. Yeah. Everybody yep. else was still doing wine. Yep. Let's, let's just get back. Let's just uh, let's, uh, reform it. Yeah. You know? Sempre reformando, right? Yeah. Always um, reforming. Just taking it back to Scripture. Jesus said wine. Jesus used unleavened bread. Let's use those elements. It's his memorial, right? Yeah. What are you saying? Go ahead. Um, I remember whenever we were going through this, listening to Doug Wilson's, is grape juice and communion a sin? Mm. Spoiler alert, the answer is yes. <laughs> um, wow. In there, he talked about, bef- as he became convicted of that, um, how he acted in communion was... He would just kind of pray beforehand, like, God, I know this isn't, mm-hmm. I know this isn't what you ordained. Um, this is what we have right now. Um, kind of an asking forgiveness as he's handing out the ordinance. Mm-hmm. Um, Yikes. I would, uh. So what's typical defense one of why, why use grape juice instead of wine? Um, there's people getting drunk. There's okay. people who can't have alcohol. This yeah, is what, the way we always done it. What about the alcoholics? All right. So what's yeah. the answer to the alcoholic question? Uh, I would first remind you that there were this, the same problem was happening in the first century church. Mm. And Paul didn't say, then you can use something different. Mm. Paul commanded them to stop getting drunk. Mm. And that's, the, so that's the command. And that's what we would say to any of our members who, who do have, uh, issues with alcohol. The command is the same. Yeah. If you're not ready yet, okay, but you need to be getting yourself ready to, take a thimble of wine and, and that be enough. Yeah. Know? We talked about, um, in, uh, if, if someone were a sex addict, mm-hmm. the, uh, we don't tell them you can never have sex again. We tell them you can have sex within marriage. Yeah. So go, go find a, lovely go find a Christian woman, yeah. get married and, and have lots of babies, have lots of babies, raise um, them to love and follow Jesus. 
and likewise, we would say the same thing about communion. Of you don't get to get drunk mm-hmm. because that's a sin. Drunkenness is a sin. Um, but there is this time that you get to have this. Yeah. Um, and it's not much. We even had we even had people in our church when we made this change that recognized like. I have enough self control to take a thimble of wine. Yeah, yeah. We had we had people with alcohol issues who, who said I can do this. It was always the people who didn't have those problems that were trying to argue for them. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not asking for this. Yeah, and that's not the right answer. Like we talked about a couple weeks ago, the tyranny of the, of the weaker vessel. Right? They're yeah. not in charge. Yeah, the standard is scripture. Yeah, they don't get to be the legislating brother. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and I think that's the. Uh, the, the other part that I wanted to make mention, I don't have exact thoughts through this, but this came about through the women's temperance movement. Yes? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so there's just something a little, I'm going to be honest, a little effeminate about oh, not dude. being able to take wine. Dang. Jude, am I wrong? No, like, you're not wrong. Alcohol is dangerous. Yeah. I get it. Do something dangerous. Um, pa- pastors, we have to do better. We have to say, but this is the standard of scripture. I understand there's a whole church out there and we, we don't have that problem, right? Like we, we started this thing. We, we're an elder led church. And so these are, these are the rules. These are how we set it down. This is how we read scripture. Um, and so we can, we can do that, but man, there sure are consequences, um, when we do bold things like this. But I do think, I do think not having alcohol, not having non-alcoholic wine, any of those things, um, that's, that's just a little effeminate. And we don't have to pray for forgiveness every time we serve communion because we're not doing it right. It's not really communion. Yeah, like, I'm guilt-free every time we put <laughs> wine out there. Um, I have I don't have all the answers because my wife hates wine. And uh, every time she'll just take a little sip of the thimble. And one of my other boys will down the rest <laughs> of it. It still counts. <laughs> it still counts. Exactly. It's a sip of the right thing. It's better yeah. than a whole gallon of the wrong thing. These are the things Jesus said to you. Or a cup of God's wrath. That's right. (laughs) We are just free today. Everybody's feeling good. Everybody's feeling good. We've got a little punchy. Have a good little Sunday. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I think I think it's only bread and only wine and only bread and only wine count. Mm. That's why I think the, the outcome of this chapter or paragraph five Okay, paragraph six, transubstantiation. The doctrine commonly called transubstantiation teaches that the substance of bread and wine is changed into the substance of Christ's body and blood by the consecration of a priest or some other way. This doctrine is hostile not only to scripture, but also to common sense and reason. It destroys the nature of the ordinance and is has been and is the cause of many kinds of superstitions and of gross idolatries. Man, all right, transubstantiation. We've got uh, we've got a handful of uh, of uh, Catholic brothers that, that uh, are on the, on the Facebook or at least subscribe or listen. So, so we would say, well, sixteen eighty nine says, and we would agree that. You think they listen? I don't know. They can. We'll set you straight. Anybody can. Time. That's right. Probably um, at two times speed. That, uh, that's right. <laughs> Sinners. <laughs> but uh, uh, so it, it says real clearly, transubstantiation is hostile towards Scripture. How is it hostile to, to Scripture? Sure. It's not scriptural. Because <laughs> it's not scriptural. Well, like I said, they would use, Jesus said, this is my body, so it's literally his body. 
this is my blood. So it's literally his blood once, once blessed by the priest. Right. Well, in, in one sense, it's isogeating. Mm. Um, and, uh, it, it, to me, it, it creates an issue because for one thing, you're, you're, you're putting stuff into it that's not really there. Mm. And, uh, and that opens you up to, like it says, superstitions, maybe even eisegeting and allowing other things like, you know, this statue is actually, you know, holy because mm. it's a statue of Christ. I mean, I see, it cry. It. I see Jesus' yeah. face in my yeah, cheese. Exactly. Or seeing Mary in the clouds or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, so it's hostile towards Scripture. Scripture being God's word. God has spoken, and this is what he has said, and you're saying differently. Mm. All right. Hostile to common sense, it says. What say you, Trev? Um, it, uh, it's, not, it's not common sense. It's, it's, it's ridiculous to think that it can just change to... Yeah, his flesh and blood. Yeah, let me use my my common senses of eyes and 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 smell and touch and taste. I can look at it and see this is just bread, this is just and bread. this is just ju- yeah. just uh, wine. Yeah, that's what it is. It's it's hostile towards common sense. You're saying don't don't believe the senses God gave me. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Um, and then it says destroys the nature of the ordinance. So what what's the nature of the ordinance? Um, and that's that's back in paragraph two, right, Trev? Yeah, back to paragraph two, um, talking about what the um, what the ordinance actually is, it's a spirit, it, it's a, uh, uh, memorial, a memorial yeah. of the one offering Christ made, of the one offering Christ made of himself on the cross once for all, and a spiritual offering of the highest possible praise to God for that sacrifice. So that's the nature. So this destroys that nature by doing what? By saying that Christ's body and was sacrificed every week. Every time you do communion, you do Lord's Supper. It's another time Jesus has to die for the sins. Yeah, like he has yeah. to die weekly. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it exactly. It degrades the gospel as well. Yeah. Degrades the gospel, destroys um, the nature of the ordinance. Because, yeah, it's, this is a memorial unto Jesus, once, one offering once for all. And it's a spiritual offering, not a physical offering. His physical offering happened 2,000 years ago, and it was finished. Um, once and for all. Yeah, it's a gross idolatry, it said. Um, or at least to gross idolatries, um, we, we've mentioned it, such as mass. What was the idea behind mass? Um, it was, uh, I think the idea behind mass was right. yeah. that this sacrifice happened weekly. Mm. And so every week you come for the Lord's Supper so you can be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's a gross idolatry. You, you come every week to make much of the one uh, true God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is when we gather because this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and then as Jamie mentioned, another gross Idolatry would be actual idols, right? Right. Iconography, I think is what they call it. Yeah. Yeah, so these things are actual God-blessed, I don't know, Well, you talked things. about the Art. logic follows that if this can... Yeah, 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 If yeah. this can actually be Christ's body, then so can these statues. That, yeah, yeah, this crucifix up on the wall can actually be Christ. Look, it's... T- it's and it, was, it wasn't just yeah. that. It was also these artifacts, these Mary's mm-hmm. breast milk and... <laughs> no, nope. I don't think that was one of the artifacts. It, it, it was. It was Mary's in, breast back during, was back during uh, our, um, uh, Martin Luther's uh, day. I mean, that was a huge thing. The uh, the emperor of that time it's made like his business by sourdough going starter out, kit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! By going out and buying these artifacts that people would make 
pilgrimages to. Yeah, you know? oh, I recognize that. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. If Mary's breast milk was one of them, though. Oh, as far as an artifact? Well, yeah, yeah. Not for us. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not for I us. I just say in general. Like, I got I don't remember that one. What? No, but, I'm not but it, it was. It there. was a thing. It was a thing. <laughs> it was a thing. You know, and, and so, that's how people just made money. You know, tangy. Yeah. <laughs> you said a sourdough starter. <laughs> All right, paragraph seven. We're almost done. Keep it on trucking. All right. <clears throat> Worthy recipients who outwardly partake of the visible elements in this ordinance also by faith inwardly receive and feed on Christ crucified and all the benefits of his death. They do so really and truly, yet not physically and bodily, but spiritually. Body and blood of Christ are not present bodily or physically in the ordinance, but spiritually to the faith of believers, just as the elements themselves are present to their outward senses. All right. So, um, yeah, let's just start with the common sense part of it, right? So, so this is not literal Jesus showing up in physical form when we take this. But when we do, when we gather, when we gather together, something, and we take the Lord's Supper, something spiritual does happen. Right. So not literal, but spiritual. Not, yeah, not literal, not, but but something spiritual does happen. Um, it's it's a metaphor, but it's not just a metaphor. Spiritual worship of the risen Lord is what we're doing, and so so then it, at the beginning it talks about an inward receiving and feeding on Christ's crucifixion and the benefits of His death. So what that that sounds really I don't know spiritual, right? Um, we're gonna gonna inwardly receive and feed on His crucifi- crucifixion and the benefits of His death. What does that mean, though? Like, what does that look like when you're partaking? How are you inwardly feeding on? The resurrecting, the resurrected Lord, the, His death and, and resurrection. What is that? What happens in a spiritual discipline? To me, you know, when I think about it, it just helps me reinforce the seriousness mm-hmm. of what happened, uh, what Jesus had to go through, the suffering that He had to endure, the the laws that were broken to get Him there, uh, the the suffering and pain that Jesus did that should be me. And it's and it's a and it's a sobering, serious act that that needs to have that tangible experience uh, when I remember it. Uh, and and really, that's enough for me. I mean, I don't have to imagine that it's turning into you know flesh and blood uh, or it actually doing that. I mean, it, that seriousness, that that thought of, of what got, what Jesus had to go through. Uh, is 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 what brings me back to that point, yeah, uh, and and makes me remember what he did for me, and and exposes my sin and helps me to repent, yeah, and builds my faith. Yeah. You know, in baptism, we talked about it being the spiritually putting on Christ. Yeah, um, I think it's Galatians. I think I said First Peter, but I, I'm pretty sure it's Galatians three, um, and I think likewise. There's a applying the gospel weekly mm. to my to my sins mm-hmm. and and transgressions against God, where we, we talk about the Christian life is this repenting constant repenting and believing the gospel, yeah, 
And I think this is a because, – because each week when we come to the table, we talk about examining, repenting, and then coming and taking. Yeah. And there's a, an actual applying the gospel to that repentance hmm. weekly that happens at communion um, that's different from just a daily repentance. Yeah, and I think – I think the, 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 the regular dude out there, um, you, you may just lack scenarios other than church where this happens. So, so like with a, with, when I'm preparing for a sermon, I don't just sit down, plop down and get to work on my desk. Yeah. I, I slow down. It causes me because this is God's word to, to examine myself. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and do repenting then and, and, and prayer and, and take, like Jamie said, taking it solemnly because, because I'm about to study on how I can speak for, for the one true almighty God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the regular common dude doesn't have something like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, but communion does that. Um, yeah. And we even have it in our setup within our liturgy mm-hmm. to follow confession. Yeah. On purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so you're gonna before we do this, let's let's handle your sin, let's repent, let's think back on times you were less than you knew you should be, and take those to the cross, right? You take those to Jesus, you 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 repent, you confess to him, you repent, and then then you take. And I think that's the spiritual feeding on Christ. It's saying, Oh, I needed you for this, right? And now I can then enjoy the benefits of this. And it's yeah. a, it's almost a starting point. Like, yeah. okay. I think, I think in order to have a serious encounter with Christ, you need to be humbled mm-hmm. and you need to have humility. And I think that seriousness, that solemnness, that self-examination is what really gets us <laughs> up to that point to really encounter God on yeah. a weekly basis. Yeah. I can actually understand how the, Mass became what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can understand how this became so central to what the gathering was each week because, because it, because it, like it says in here, there is a spiritual sense in which it is that. It is yeah. that, <clears throat> um, when the, when, when we talk about the Christian Sabbath moving to that Sunday, and we're now, we're now no longer working to rest, but working out of rest. I yeah. think is how we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this central part of the week, or not the central part of the week, but the beginning of our week where we remember the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, yeah. and the taking of our sins, and us being made new hmm. like we're remembering that in communion and then moving forward throughout the week out of that i can understand how roman catholics would have gotten that wrong yeah and it, how how it could have become so central to what they did so based on that i have a question for you okay based on that you think we should have communion every week man i i see the reasons for and i and i see I see the once a month it's special. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be opposed. I think we said that before. I'm not opposed to doing it weekly. Um, I'm not opposed to it. It's just another thing to work into our 
our consistency, our, our liturgy. Um, it wouldn't wouldn't be a bad thing if we did it every week. We we went through seasons of having it every every week, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I think it could be a good. Is it on thing. the agenda for the elders retreat? I'll put it on there. <laughs> it's on the agenda for the elders retreat. <laughs> so, all right, last paragraph. Paragraph eight. Paragraph eight. All ignorant and ungodly people are unfit to enjoy communion with Christ, and thus unworthy of the Lord's table. As long as they remain in this condition, they cannot partake of these holy mysteries or be admitted to the Lord's table without committing a great sin against Christ. All those who receive the supper unworthily are guilty of the body and blood of the Lord, eating and drinking judgment on themselves. All right. So the the plain and simple of this is that uh, Lord's Supper is for believers only. Believers only. And so to 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 the uh, I don't know. I guess the hipster church, the online service that said try communion. Uh, what's the worst can happen? You could drink judgment on yourself. That's the worst that yeah, could happen. That, that you should not do that. You could die. Yeah. That's how about that one? Yeah. Uh, it's, that's that's bad. Those are the ignorant and ungodly people. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, so here we see in, in the front half. Hold on. Go ahead. Do you think they just don't believe that? Yeah. I think they have to, right? They just don't believe that that would actually happen. Yeah. That was then. That was a cultural thing. That was God doesn't do that now. Uh, well, I think they have when a Adam and Eve ate of the fruit. They didn't die right then, did they? They sure didn't. But some in Corinth were dying right then. Mm-hmm. On the spot. I think they take God's grace for granted. Yeah, yeah. There. Uh, yeah, agreed. Yeah. I think that's what's happening. Um, I think they have a, a a soft heart for man. And in doing so, they have hardened their heart towards God. Ooh. Um, Ouch. I could be wrong. But that's what I see happening. They're like, well, I don't want so and so to feel left out. Um, I don't want they should feel left out. Yeah, you're you're ignorant. That's that's convicting of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, you're you're actually quenching the Spirit by allowing anybody in. You know, and so in this paragraph, we see the the two sides to it. We see the guarding of the table by saying they cannot uh, be admitted. They uh, let's see, they are as long as they remain in this condition, they cannot partake. Um, it's not for them. And then the second half, we see the fencing of the table in that eh, the fence is open. If you do, you drink judgment on yourself. Yeah, if you hop the fence, that's what you get. Yeah, that's right. We warned you, don't go over there. That dog will bite. <laughs> then you got bit. Yeah. I don't feel bad. Uh, Mike does not feel bad. I would not. But I think that, that wraps us up. Any, I think any, uh, what's the, the push, the take home we'd have for the common regular dude out there listening? Um, maybe this might mean having a conversation with your pastors about why you're still having grape juice. Yeah, I think and that's tough because you have to lead from behind, you know? Um, I think, I wonder how many pastors just don't think about it. I don't think they think about it a lot. I think, I mean, there's a lot on a, pa- I, I will say there's a lot on a pastor's plate. Yep. There's and always, when, espe- especially like we're on, we're in a church plant. Yeah. And so there's a lot of these things that we had the luxury of being able to. Or not even being able to, but having to think through. Yeah. Um, as we're deciding how are we going to do things, how are we going to do a liturgy, how are we going to do um integrated worship service. Whereas a lot of pastors, they come into a church that's been there for 150 years. Yeah. And this is the way it's been done. Yeah. And they've got enough things that they're trying to correct. 
but this isn't on the radar, you know? Yeah. Um, they're trying to be faithful and have it once a quarter. They may less. not even know there are people in their church that think this is a priority. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it may just be one of those have-tos. Um, but I do think, yeah, I think the encouragement is, one, check if we're wrong. Maybe we're wrong. We're just a bunch of legalist jerks who think, um, who like alcohol, right? <laughs> and if that's the case, fight me, right? <laughs> you know, you know the right side, right? Um, but, but dive into scripture. Every time it says fruit of the vine, it m- means wine. There's no exception in scripture for that. And so, uh, that it doesn't mean grape juice until the, the 1800s. Say what? It couldn't mean a- grape juice until the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so prove me wrong. And then when you don't, um, <laughs> have that conversation with your pastor. And, and I, and I do think if, if you're going to a church that's not going to then have communion, you, you may ought to get to one that, that does have a proper Lord's Supper. I know of one. Crossword Church, Token Texas. I, <laughs> uh, I, if, for me personally, I, especially since we've made that change, mm-hmm. it, I don't know that I would leave a church over it. But over getting one of the two ordinances wrong, I I don't know. That I have I, a friend who says he's not Baptist anymore because he wants to get one of the ordinances right. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know if I would leave a church over it. I I would definitely have a conversation with the pastors over it. But there's a if I had to, to choose a church now based on that, I would choose. I would make my decision based on that. Yeah. One of your decisions. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you can hang in there and see if you can reform it over time. And, and again, we are, I forget, I forget who said it, but we're, we're God's church. We, we can play the long game. Yeah. We mm-hmm. should be reforming all the time. Yep. No matter who we are. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Sweet. Uh, oh, um, we were at 15 minutes last week smoke. and we had to talk about it. So we're going to talk about it today. Hey, what you smoking, baby? Mm. This guy, Factory Smoke, $3, Little Churchill. I highly recommend Delicious, smooth, nice little oaky flavor, sweet, sweet to the end. Yeah, this uh, A Fuentes Reserva, it was, it's ten bucks. It was a little bit of a price, but I had to, I had to rebound after those bad macanudos I had, and uh, I recommend. Nice little Maduro, smooth. I'm on my last quarter, and I think I may nub it. Mm, that good, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm. Drew Estate doesn't make a bad cigar. They sure don't. My I've never smokes had Drew Estates. I've never had a bad Drew Estate. Me neither. Ever. Never had a bad A Quinta. Um, so this meets Drew Estate standards. I mean, it's a good cigar. It smoked so much at the beginning. Mm. There was so much smoke. It was a chimney. It was chugging. I will say this last third has gotten bitter, but I don't know if it's because I'm smoking it too much. It doesn't have tar, which is good because I hate that. Yep. It may just be hot on you. It might be, um, but it is a good cigar. Um, a nice, nice dark Maduro cigar is good. Sweet. Right. Don't forget to tell us what you're smoking on. I don't know the website or anything. <laughs> uh, I got sick last week. I forgot what I'm supposed to say. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, five star review, Facebook group, Reforming Manhood. That's where you can post your cigars. Go to our Facebook group, Reforming Manhood, where we can continue the conversation and fight about it if you That's right. want to. That's right. Let's fight, Kings. Yep. yep. My name is Mike Watt. I'm the Lucha Preacher. I'm Too Sweet Trevor Cowan. And I'm Jamie. Don't be a great juice Christian in Hosa. <laughs> you guys be sweet. Show Jesus. Later. Later. Later.